Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming. From a feminist perspective, I went back to the old intro. Oh my God, that was like 10 years and I went back to the old intro. But you know what? We're keeping it because this is episode 241 of the podcast and uh, we have things to talk about. My name is Samantha Blackman and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. And I am joined tonight by my fabulous co-hosts, Jordan Lukomsky and Victoria Breger. Hey, how y'all doing? I missed y'all. I did a week without y'all and don't know how to act. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you doing good. (laughs) So Jordan, how are you? Who are you? I'm doing well. Um, as you said, I'm Jordan. I work as an environment artist at That's No Moon, a company based in Los Angeles where I'm working on things and stuff continually. Um, TBD, excited to share it when I can. But yeah, for the moment, just hanging out on this Valentine's Day with good friends, lovely cats, and my partner. Yay! Well, we're excited to hear about your things and stuff when we can. Okay, so I got to ask this because I was talking uh, last week, we were talking, I was talking to uh, Trey Westworm, who's also in Los Angeles, and it was 95 degrees. Is it still so blooming hot? Um, no, I do remember that day, and it definitely came like, sandwich between two pretty cold days and I say cold relatively um coming from the midwest but yeah no it's it's pretty good now but I remember that day because it's been solidly like 50s to 60s um and if you open up your windows it feels colder inside so I am lucky that is not the case because I love um stealing my partner's hoodies and wearing them during work and that day was miserable because that was a no hoodie day yeah <laughs> that was a no hoodie day i get you i get you all right so victoria how are you who are you i am doing all right i am in a hoodie right now it is, <laughs> so it is a hoodie day it's a good day me too it's a good day it is. <laughs> Um, I am a PhD candidate at Purdue in rhetoric and composition, but I study all things games, specifically games 
game controllers and gamer identity. And I'm just kind of embroiled in that right now. Go figure. Knee deep in data. <laughs> Go help. figure. I'm trudging through it. You good. You good. It's going to be good. It's going to be fine. We got this. It's going to be fine. <laughs> All right. So we'll start with our usual. What you playing, what you reading, what you drinking. And we will start with you, Victoria. What have you been playing lately? <sighs> the same old. Um, playing Fallout 76 because, you know, I got to finish the season. I got to get those stuffies. And then the next season is starting, I think, in like two weeks when mm. I'm in Albuquerque, it starts. But the next season is all about cryptids. And so I have to do that one. I love cryptids. I love Mothman. There's supposed to be a Mothman stuffy, and I'm here for that. Mm. Um finishing grounded and playing call of duty black ops sorry cold war sorry not sorry um and recently got warlord lords battle cry 3 working on computers again on multiplayer and this is great because it's it's a game that we love it's from 2004 and so we keep limping it along onto every new system <laughs> Um, and for a couple of years, it wouldn't work. And we finally figured out a new workaround. I don't know why it works. I'm not asking any questions about why it works, but it does work. So we have the Steam version installed, but we also bought and installed the GOG version. And then you boot it from the Steam um, app and the game works. So what happened before is that it would kick you out of multiplayer and also the Iron Man mode wouldn't work. So, you know, you level super slow if you're if there's risk of your hero not dying. But in Iron Man mode, your hero dies and it's all over and it deletes it from the system. And so, you know, that's a, that's a good way to be. But now it works. And now we've been playing too much Warlords Battlecry 3 because all of us are apparently stuck in 2004. I was wondering what that was because I keep seeing it pop up on my on my screen that you're playing this game like uh, through the steam app and i'm like what is this and why is she playing it on time? it's it's two th it's all 2004 and i was able so there's the hero.xlr file and that's where your heroes are located and i saved my file from a laptop way back in the day mm. and um I found the USB that had it on it and I loaded it in and I think mine is the only surviving hero, but mine is a tinkerer so I can create items for our heroes. And so I just sit there and like cast spells to create item in people's bases and just chest after chest after chest of item. And it's all about like protecting my hero to make sure they don't die because they are super squishy, even though they're level 48, super squishy. But yeah, so that it's it's Warlords Battlecry 3. It's from 2004, and we limp it along on every new system we get. And in that same vein, I've been playing the Age of Empires remaster. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. I'm just just hanging out in like the late 90s, early 2000s uh, computer games, mm -hmm. real-time strategies. That's what I'm doing right now. But you will also be happy to know that I found a new horror game to play. Oh my god. It's called Devour. It was released in 2021. So at least it's a new one. And it's not from 2004. And it's going to be great. For who? 
Um, everybody that watches your stream. <laughs> you just got to find two other people to play it with us because it's a four-person game. You're going to play it on stream and it's going to be glorious and wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm 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 sure I can see the nightmares. I can see the nightmares. It's cool. It's cool. And you know, that's not true. I don't have nightmares, but I'm horrible with jump scares for one. This um, one's good for it. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Yeah, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I I physically react so violently to jump scares um that like I get muscle soreness the next day <laughs> I I told you I screamed and kicked my wall um <laughs> from one of the jump scares in this one so oh and, yay you know Nick through his mouse uh so it's it's gonna be great it's gonna be wonderful it's a great new horror game and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're, we're, we're saving people from cultists. They're possessed cultists, and we are saving them. Ooh, that sounds like a good time. Sounds like a good time. I We're also almost done with Grounded, but that's less important than I found a horror game to uh, torture you with. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, what? 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 No, what? Nothing. nothing. Yeah, no. Oh, lovely. Okay. What about you, Jordan? What you playing? Please don't say some horror game. <laughs> I am not um though I realize I don't think we've ever all played a horror game together and oh I think that's goodness. good because would you like to join us for devour want to <laughs> come play <laughs> come play with us Jordan I could try but I don't think uh either of you has heard me give like an actual like I am scared scream and all <laughs> of my friends have to pause to laugh for five minutes because it sounds like a good this time. This is quality content. <laughs> that is quality. It sounds like a good time. Right, so, you, so let's write this down. Jordan's in. <laughs> Just writing it down right now. Jordan is the third. Now we need a fourth. <laughs> and I started listening to it. I'm like, okay, yeah. It, it sounds like a fake scream. Like, I'm just making it up. It's really weird and awkward, but yeah, if I hurt your ears, I apologize. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I am not playing any horror games at the moment. Or well, okay, one I guess you could kind of say is, but um, that's ironic because I actually did give my scared scream a few days ago because of a bug in it. But anyway... <laughs> That game is Dying Light 2. Uh, me and my partner have been like on and off playing it. We've been really trying to finish it because we bought it when it came out last year. So they just hit their um, one year release anniversary. Um, but we bought it right before it moved. So then we stopped um, and then we picked it up again right before Christmas break. Um, so we really are trying to finish it because we do like the parkour element, the character and the stories okay, I'm more interested in the side characters. Um, but I will say for anyone that did pick it up when it first came out and put it down because it was very broken, it was very buggy. They had some frustrating design elements where there's um, gear and equipment you have that if you're playing with someone else doesn't level up 
mm-hmm. at the same time. So you have mm-hmm. to go back and replay the game on your own mm-hmm. to level it up. And it, it literally makes the game on co-op unplayable if you don't want to replay the game twice, because traversing through the later sections without that updated equipment is just very frustrating. Uh, but anyway, all that being said, if you played it and dropped it because of that, it might be a time to um, check it out again because they've had a huge anniversary update where they fixed a ton of bugs. Um, they fixed the audio so that if one person skips audio, it skips it for both of you. Um, the audio is more in sync. They got rid of that uh, equipment update thing um, where only one person's update it. So, so many good improvements and it feels and plays not like a new game but it is so much more smooth there are still a few crashes but yeah we're having a lot more fun with it um and the updates are definitely worth the revisit if uh people played it before Mm -hmm. um then other than that i'm doing kind of my regular games deep rock galactic pokemon violet still making my way through it Uh, I think it's time to get a new Switch controller because I think finally one of mine is failing. Um, But then new ones, I started playing Avatar Generations and Potionomics. And last podcast, we talked about our top five games. And one of my, I think it was honorable mentions, was Avatar Generations, which follows Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, It's a mobile game. And... I need to get through the first tutorial parts to give probably a more honest take on it. But for now, it's okay. Oh. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'll love anything that takes me back through Avatar and stuff. But uh, I am very happy that it doesn't just follow the story episode per episode. It does have you like dive into a few side quests. Um, And it is interesting how you can build your team. The thing that I'm kind of hesitant on it is, wow, it throws a lot at you at the beginning all at once. There are so many um, collectibles, so many unlockables. There's so much UI and pages and different screens. Um, it's a little bit difficult to initially take in, even if the tutorial itself is guiding you pretty well. Um, and I understand it's a mobile game and that, uh, you have to keep people coming back for a certain level, but I really wish games did weekly or even monthly rewards instead of daily rewards Mm -hmm. because, if anything, I get more dejected and I'm less likely to come back once I miss that daily reward. Um, mm. And this does game it is- reset. So uh, go ahead and finish, and I'll ask about the daily rewards later. Oh yeah, well that was basically it. they do the daily rewards, and I don't know like the pattern for it because they literally just launched and they're doing like daily rewards for launch. Mm-hmm. Um, and at 14 day, you unlock something at 30 day, you unlock something and they're doing it just within their initial launch window. So if you miss even one day, you're not going to get those. That's what I was going to ask. Okay, go ahead. And I missed them and I'm upset. And now I'm like, uh, I understand the need to bring players back, but I wish there was weekly rewards in mobile games more because the daily rewards 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying don't have them, but I, I can no longer ever unlock certain things um, mm-hmm. because of those daily rewards. So yeah, I'll get through a little bit more of it and see if my opinion changes, but it's okay. Um, and then the other game that I'm playing that I just started is Potionomics. Um, thank you, Sam. And <laughs> I absolutely love it. I love the art style. I love the characters. I love the gameplay that's a mix of like card deck building and dating sim. And it's you're you're helping build potions for um, warriors to go on adventures and um Early on in the game, if you spend time with Mint, they joke about, uh, oh, yeah, this town really needs someone that can make cookies. And I'm like, I would play so many games of different variants of this. I want a game in this city that's a cookie maker. I want a game in the city that's a sword maker. Um, I would play all of them. That's going to be DLC. That would be so funny if they made like that DLC was like different jobs you could have like a cooking sim and a sword making sim or a like weapon making sim that would it's so okay so yeah potionomics um i streamed potionomics this weekend because we ran um a two-day charity campaign um I was going to do three days, but then I ended up streaming like 14, 15 hours or something ridiculous like that in two days. And I was like, I cannot stream three days and and go to work on Monday. And, um, (laughs) um, but I, so I streamed like two days. Um, and one day we did wildflowers. The next day we did potionomics and I have been wanting potionomics since it came out and just had not bought it for myself. Um, because I was like, no, cause I, a, a bunch of other like magic games came out at the same time. I think that like potion, what was the other one? Potion something, um, where you played the alchemist who went into the city and I'm, I don't, I, it's been a long day and I've had lots of uh, allergy meds. Um, and then there was a second one. So I had played so many magic games like within that launch period that I was like, I'll just wait. And I'm kicking myself because yes, the other games were good, but Potionomics is definitely the best of all of them. Um, And so I'm kind of hooked on Potionomics right now. It's such a fun game. Um, Like I said, oh, because we were playing games to raise money for the Transgender Law Center, right? Because this was the launch, this was the... uh, the launch weekend for the game that must not be named and in two days I'm so happy that we raised like what did we raise 1,000 we raised more than that because there I I need to check but we raised more than a thousand dollars in two days um which was which was super nice which was super nice and uh so and a a lot of people ended up playing potionomics (laughs) There were people who were just sitting and watching and people were like, why haven't you played this game before? Clearly I need this game. And people were just buying it and starting to play it while we were streaming. I was streaming and I would see like in the little corner that so-and-so was playing Potionomics would pop up because the people were just buying it and playing it. It was really cool to see so many people like really loving this inclusive magic game that has queer folks, non-binary folks, folks of color, um, without being assholes. 
Um, so it was it was nice. It was nice. And I'm loving potionomics. The um Jordan, were you finished? I was going before I keep going. Oh yeah, no, no. The uh, potionomics was my last one. Okay. The other game that I've been hooked on is uh Fire Emblem Engage. Um I am a See, and I, I've been playing like tactical and strategy games for so long, like decades. Um, and I go away for them from them for a while. Um, and then one will just come along and have me hooked. Um, so the one that's had me hooked lately um, is uh, Fire Emblem Engage. Um, and I know we, t- I think we talked about this on the, I think we talked about this on the podcast before, but I think that, um, uh, it's been interesting because it's gotten, it's caught some flack from reviewers. Um, no, I think I talked about, I might've talked about this in class and not on the podcast. Um, it's gotten some, gotten some flack from reviewers about like how it's not as good it's not a good fire emblem. It's not as good as fire emblem three houses. And I'm like, oh, but I get it. Thank you. It is $1,230 for the transgender law center. Hell yeah. Um, one, two, three. Oh, see, I, now I feel like the, I feel like going back in and donating four more dollars just so it's one, two, three, four. Um, but, uh, it's been pretty interesting. It's like, oh, I think I get it. Because for a lot of people, their first Fire Emblem was Fire Emblem Three Houses, which was um, Fire Emblem meets Dating Sim. And so a lot of people thought that's what Fire Emblem was. And that's never what Fire Emblem was. So this one goes back to, it's still got some social elements, not as many social elements and they're not as completely integrated into the gameplay and your progress as they were in fire emblem three houses um but it's gone back to a uh an earlier kind of version of fire emblem that i'm here for i don't mind social sims i like social sims but i also when i'm playing like tactical games or strategy games i don't mind having something mapped on top of it but if I'm turning to one, like to a tactical game or turning to a strategy game, I'm usually turning to it because that's what I want to play and not necessarily the social element. I played um, Three Houses, never finished Three Houses because it was t- there was too much social sim in it. Like you would literally like have to spend God knows how long playing the social sim even before you could go back out and battle. Um, and I'm like, but I came here for the battle. I didn't come here for this. If I want this, I'll go play this somewhere else. Um, and I feel like maybe after I finish engage, I'll go back and give three houses. I'll restart three houses, um, and see how I feel about that a second time through. (laughs) Um, but I'm loving fire emblem engage. I really am. All that's to say, I love Fire Emblem Engage. Um, and it's been tearing my hands up because I've been playing in, in Switch and handheld mode and Switch in handheld mode, it just murders my hand. It murders my hand. Um, but I've been playing it at night, either on the couch or when I go to bed. Um, and I need to stop doing that so much because it's causing me a lot of pain. <laughs> 
All right. So that's what we're playing. Oh my gosh. We're just getting to play it. All right. What are we drinking? Victoria, what you drinking? I'm drinking water. Oh, water's good though. Water, water is good. I like water. I like water flavored water. It's, it's water. water. It's water flavored water for those of us who are dehydrated. There you go. There you yep. go. Can highly recommend promotion. Hashtag promotion. Water flavored water. <laughs> okay. What about you, Jordan? What you drinking? I am stepping away from the IPAs to go back to my favorites, which are stouts. And I am drinking Death by Chocolate, which is a German chocolate cake imperial stout. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Oh, wait. German chocolate cake. That has coconut. Yes or no? Um, in most of the cakes that I've seen, yes. But in this description, I'm mostly just tasting chocolate. And I've been trying to find more information and labels as to like what the flavors are actually coming from. If it does have some of those in there or if it's just artificially flavored and I can't find it. But it tastes like chocolate cake um it's not like super sweet to where it's a where I would consider a dessert drink it just has that chocolatey taste um so yeah I, I'm really liking it nice all right yeah because I don't like coconut it sounded good and I was like oh but wait that probably has coconut um so I am I have a bevy of beverages <clears throat> like I said, my allergies have been kicking my behind. Um, so I had a um a hot tea. I had the and I love this tea. It's from Dryad Tea. It is called Selkie. It is a um a ginger lemon herbal tea. So I had a big cup of that and it was really good. And um I also have a ace pear cider um which is really good it's a it's a bit dry because they don't add sugar to it um they don't add sugar to it which is nice and it's uh for for folks who are concerned because i know that some i know for that there's someone who listens who's always looking for a a gluten-free cider it is a gluten-free cider um, it says gluten free and vegan. I wonder why they put vegan on there. What? what who put? Who's putting animal byproducts in their fruit ciders? Whoever that is, stop it. But it's a gluten free cider, um, and it's really good. I love their ciders. I like their specifically their pear and their pineapple. Um, those are the two that I buy from Ace generally. Um, and then I have water. Again, water, flavored water, um, water, flavored water this week. I'll, I usually have water, flavored water, even if I have sparkling water, because I like water, flavored water. All right. So that's what we're drinking. Um, what are we reading? We went out of order. Oh, my God. I'm blaming all these antihistamines I've taken. Um, Victoria, what you reading? I am in the weeds, so I'm not reading anything for fun. Woo, yeah. Woo. <laughs> I'm so boring this week. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We all have those weeks. We I bring that primetime content. 
<laughs> what about you, Jordan? What you reading? I am also in between books at the moment, but I did just finish The Dawn of Yang Chin, which is the Avatar Chronicles by FCE. Um, absolutely loved it. I would recommend people who tried The Rise of Kiyoshi and didn't necessarily like it might like this book. I liked both, but the reason why I suggest trying it out is the pacing and the character setup is very different. Um, where Kiyoshi had like a very large group of people was following, but was primarily from one person's perspective. Um, the Dawn of Yang Chin is a much smaller cast and it switches between perspectives on chapters. Um, so definitely a different pace, different time period, different uh, characters. So yeah, I'd definitely give it a try. Um, and then other books that I have either just, just started or have bought are Video Games and Agency um, by Bettina Bodhi and Thrawn by Timothy Zahn and the Inheritance Trilogy by N.K. Jemison. And I'm struggling which one to read first <laughs> because I know I'm not going to get through all of them at the same time. Yeah. Um, and currently, Backer Kit has the fifth season tabletop RPG, which is based on the Inheritance trilogy um, going. So that sounds super fun and interesting. And I really want to get into that story and that lore. Oh, see, sounds like you already decided which one you're reading first. <laughs> so um, I guess it's my turn. So I've been reading Babel uh by Rebecca Quang. Uh I but it's actually listed as RF Quang. Uh the artist uh, the artist the author is um but it's the same author of the what is it the Poppy Wars. Um and it's a little deep, right? It's a little deep. It's a little dark. Um and uh so I need something lighter to read along with it. Um, and I think I talked about this last time. Uh, I had picked up um, Justina Ireland's middle grade novel, um, Ophie's Ghosts, um, which was pretty amazing. It's about a girl in the a young girl in the 1920s um, whose father gets murdered by the clan and starts to see ghosts and like her connect her familial connection to ghosts and like helping like spirits pass over, et cetera. So um, I finished that. It was a, it was a, I really enjoyed that book. I really enjoyed that book. It's a, they say middle grade. I mean, and I don't know. I don't know. I would say more YA than middle grade, but you know, that's me. That's me. I'm, I'm a little protective because I, I think that middle grade kids can still get a little spooked by some of that stuff. Um, but that's okay. Cause you know, you your your mileage may vary you can you can uh determine your own uh kidlit uh kidlets like maturity level what they can and can't handle and figure out if that works for them um so i finished that one but so i'm still reading babel so i needed another book that was a little lighter cuz i needed a i needed a buddy read for babel cuz i i can't just read babel <laughs> 
Um, so I started reading. Rose is down here tapping me on the leg. I think she wants something. I don't know what it is. Um, it, I started reading um, Black Buck by. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna murder their last name. Mateo Askaripour is A S K A R I P O U R. Um, and the book's called Black Book, uh, and it's about a young black man who has four years had like all of this academic promise um but he's been he's 22 and since he graduated from high school he's been working at starbucks and living in his mama's basement pretty much um uh, but he likes working at starbucks and he's working at starbucks in this in this uh this fancy office building um, and so one day, like an entrepreneur that's like on the 857th floor, not really, but like high up uh, in the building, right? So trying to denote some kind of some kind of uh, success, um, offers him a job as a salesman. Um, so they immediately rename him Buck. <laughs> and so it's it's a, it's satirical. Right. It's a it's satirical. So it's a satirical book about um, race and business and sales and success. Um, and it's pretty funny so far. I'm 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 only a couple of chapters in, um, but I'm really enjoying it so far. I hope it, it doesn't like fizzle out quickly. I'm hoping it doesn't fizzle out quickly. So, um, but I'm really, I'm really enjoying this one. It's called Black Buck. And I'm like, there's a play on definitely Black Buck, right? The 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 racist stereotype of the big black buck and Starbucks. Get it, Black Buck. Um, so uh yeah, I'm really enjoying that one so far. That's that is my that's my buddy read for Babel, so that um all the time I'm looking at uh race and culture and language and racism and all the other shit that's going on in Babel intentionally so um I I need something to to kick back on and just kind of chill I don't I, I don't know why I think that race that race-based satire about racism is is a kickback but yeah it's a kickback you know your mileage may vary <laughs> So that's what we're playing, what we're reading, and what we're drinking. Um, this week, because we're recording on Valentine's Day, or Singles Awareness Day, as some people call it, um, we are going to be talking about um, our favorite... Um, what what is the, what, what is the way we put it? Wait, we what is the way we put it? We said our favorite queer um game slash romances. Is that what we said? Is that the way we defined it? Uh, um, the que queer characters and games we love. There we go. Queer characters and games we love. That Jordan came up with that that topic, and I thought it was absolutely amazing. Um, so we're going to talk about queer characters and games we love. Um. And Jordan, since this was your idea, um, why don't you start? Sounds good. Yeah. No, I was kind of going through the previous games that I've played, and I chose a few different um, 
characters and games, one was based on more of a personal experience. One was kind of more the game as it is as a whole in itself. And then one is um, a group of characters and is more narrative based. Uh, so I'll start with the one that uh, I chose based on my personal experience. And this was the first, I think outside of an MMO, this was the first game I played that allowed character customization. And it was the first game that I played that had um, player and character choice uh, and a certain degree of agency into which those choices would have uh, an impactful outcome. Um, and that overall game and series is Mass Effect. Uh, and obviously this game has a few different progresses and issues with it, but the character and person, the storyline that I followed was Liara Tassoni. Um, she was the first character I played with as Femshep that I just saw a lot of myself in Liara. She loved history, she loved archeology, span she was very well-spoken, but shy, sometimes awkward. And I loved building this character and traveling across the galaxy, finding out more about her, her people, where she herself um, wanted to grow towards. And then they had a big DLC called, uh, um, oh gosh, I forget the name of the DLC, but uh, you had an entire DLC dedicated to uh, a quest with her and yeah, Mass Effect and Liar will always hold a certain uh, remembrance and place in my heart. Obviously, Mass Effect as a series has had lots of discussion, um, what it allows players to do based on whether you're playing as Fem Shep or Male Shepherd, um, certain ways it handled characters in the recent series uh, Andromeda with Hayley Abrams and how they adopted to that. So definitely one of the conversations that falls into uh, your faves can be problematic and you can still like it had an impact on you, but still acknowledge those. But Liara and my journey with her will always hold a place in my heart. Let me just say Liara named a star after me and uh, she will always hold a space of my heart too. I'm so, and I was, <laughs> so it's funny because y'all, most people know Mass Effect is like one of my favorite, if not favorite game series, um, the trilogy, not Andromeda. Um, <laughs> Cause Andromeda hurt my feelings. First thing they come in and be like, all the N7s are dead. And I was like, nope, I won't play this game no more. But um, Liara kind of holds a special place in my heart as well. And I, I'm so excited for the the new um, Mass Effect game, because all we've seen is like a teaser trailer when they announced it. And you see, um, it's clearly Liara um, walking through this kind of uh, snow swept uh, or snowstormed uh, area. And I'm like, Liara's back. Maybe I'm not dead. Um, Cause you know, she's the Uber scientist. Maybe she, maybe she saved me. Uh, and so I'm super excited for that. I'm, I don't even know if I'm super excited, if I'm more excited for the, the fact 
that I might be alive and I don't think I am um, as femship that is um, or the fact that I get to see and engage with Liara again um, and uh, so I'm I'm super stoked I'm super stoked for the the new the new Mass Effect game whenever it comes whenever they don't have to rush it it's fine I will wait Bioware don't rush my game don't make it broken um, and it's interesting because they keep coming out with like more Bioware, I mean, more N7 merch, which makes me wonder, like, are they going to like do a, like a prequel and go back or are they going to bring the N7s back somehow? Um, because I sleep purchased uh, an N7 neon sign the other day. Um <laughs> Don't ask me how I did it. They're like, they they announced it and it popped up. Um and it popped up in the uh it popped up in my email when I was half asleep. So I bought it when I was still in bed and half asleep. Um and I and, and because I have to have it. And it's gonna go over here on the wall next to my giant N7 banner because even though Bioware wants to kill off the N7s, they will live forever in my heart. Yeah, yeah. I've said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, when I saw that trailer, I screamed. I was like, oh my gosh, Liara's back! A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. Um, Victoria, what about you? So... We talked about this earlier this week, but I realized as I was prepping notes for the the podcast that I play a decently large number of shooters and then a decently large number of real-time strategy games, which kind of impacts the uh, the representation in games that I play and not for the better. But... Um, I, I was going through the list of characters and the characters that I have interactions with in games that are more, um, character driven, narrative driven. And I was thinking about Fallout New Vegas. And I think it's one of the more nuanced portrayals of queer characters in the Fallout series. So in Fallout New Vegas, you have Arcade Ganon, who is a gay character, and then Veronica, who is a lesbian character, and Sharon of, uh, what is it? Sharon Rose of Cassidy. So Cassidy is a bisexual character, and those are all companions that you can have. And to unlock their, their discussions about their sexuality in depth, you have to also select the perks that would make your playable character queer as well. So to hmm. to discuss um, Veronica's storyline in depth, you have to have, I think it's called like Shayla Femme as the perk. And then for Arcade Ganon, it's Confirmed Bachelor. And I didn't play as much with those characters as my companions. But I thought they were very interesting and nuanced in their portrayal because a lot of a lot of role playing games that you play, um, you can romance any character regardless. And I thought that the giving them defined sexualities 
and not changing those sexualities based on what the player character was doing gave them a level of nuance that is kind of rare in role-playing games. See, every time every time somebody starts talking about Fallout 76, I, I mean, not Fallout 76. Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> Fallout New Vegas. I kick myself because, again, that is the one Fallout I have not played. Uh, because it was so broken. It was so bu- it was bad. It was bad on release. Yeah. I, I bought it at launch because I always did with Fallout games. And it was just so broken that I rage quit and I never went back to it. And I keep saying, every time somebody talks about it, I'm like, I got to go back and play that game. Now I say it again. I got to go back and play that game. I'm going to install it tonight and play it on something. I own it. I keep buying it. <laughs> I own it on Steam. I own it on Xbox, of course. I need to play it. I need to just like stop saying I'm gonna play it and play it. Um, because I'm interested. I'm really interested. I love, I mean, I generally love Fallout games. Generally, we'll say that. The last couple, not so much. I but... yeah, Fallout Fallout 4 left something to be desired. You know, your 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 tree, a response tree is just like yes, yes, with sarcasm. No, but actually, yes. <laughs> yep. I'm a jerk, but still going to do it. Pretty much. So I'm hoping that the next Fallout game will be much better, but we'll see. We'll see. And in the meantime, I need to go back and play New Vegas. In the meantime, I need to go back and play New Vegas. Um, so um, Jordan had Mass Effect and Liara, which was also on my list. Um, so I will say, um, another thing, okay. And this is, and I've talked about this before, queer characters that I absolutely love and did not think that I was, and not even that I didn't think I was going to love the characters, but I didn't think the game would be my jam. I'm going to say it, dream daddy, dream daddy. Um, I'm, I've never been into, uh, dating since, right. Um, and I've never really been into like romance, like novels or romance and games or any of that stuff or had not been up into that point. And um, like I played Stardew Valley for God knows how long before I even like went into town and started socializing with people, much less started thinking about getting married um, in the game um, because it's just not something that I was like really invested in. And uh, I remember uh, at the time, uh, Trey Russell was playing Dream Daddy. And Trey was like, Sam, you got to play this game. I was like, Trey, I'm not playing that game. I have no interest. And finally, she just like, Trey and I like text back and forth every day, which playing um, just to harass one another, even if we're not playing anything. And uh, so finally, I gave in and I was like, fine, Trey, I'll play this game. I started playing dream daddy and was hooked dream daddy ended up being my most played game on the nintendo switch that year i was listening to the soundtrack in my car i was recommending it to anybody everybody who would listen um it was just like such a good kind of a good uh an interesting then i'll say when i say good i mean interesting um, characterization um, of queer folks, right? And 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 it was quite nuanced. Um, 
so yeah, I would say that Dream Daddy was definitely um, one of my favorites and still is. From time to time, I'm like, I should go back and play Dream Daddy again. <laughs> um, yeah, so that would be that would be my next one. What about you, Jordan? My next one is, uh, well, I did have favorite characters overall, um, more so the game as a whole that I also was, uh, as you described, I was similar in this boat. I wasn't expecting it necessarily to be a game that I enjoyed, but I ended up loving a lot. Um, and that is Boyfriend Dungeon. Um, I love the gameplay. I love the rogue like aspects of going into the different levels of the mall um, which is just one of the dungeons um and it's just a fun game um lots of layers to it uh obviously they've got the sexual puns and jokes uh you're finding these swords and these dungeons this boyfriend dungeon um but the one thing that i really enjoyed from a character and narrative aspect that I haven't seen in a lot of games in general, but also specifically in dating Sims was the level of player consent on the type of relationship they wanted to have. Um, because Boyfriend Dungeon allows you to pursue uh, platonic friendship type uh relationships that allows you to pursue sexual relationships that even can kind of go a little bit in the middle depending on uh, what you choose to do which characters where you can still have a romantic type relationship with them but it doesn't have to be overtly sexual and regardless of what you choose you can still give the characters gifts you can still max out your hearts and stars with each character and I thought that was incredibly important and something, even if there are other games out there that does it, this was definitely the first game that I had experienced that allowed you to choose the type of relationship and be vocally clear with the other characters in the game on what you were expecting and wanting. Oh, that's so funny because um, we did an episode where we interviewed um, Alexandra Orlando from Kit Fox Games um, a while back. And it was, it's, I, I, I happened into all of these games um, that I wouldn't normally play. And Boyfriend Dungeon was another one. Like uh, I, I remember mentioning this when we did the episode, I was at, I don't know, E3 or PAX or something. And I was with friends um, and they wanted to stop at the booth and, um, play boyfriend dungeon and I was like really and they were like look we stopped at all these booths for you so I was like fine and so I just kind of stood there and I I was looking at door fortress while they looked at boyfriend dungeon um so I didn't really pay much attention to it when we were there but when it came out I started playing it on a whim I started playing it on a whim and was immediately hooked was immediately hooked right it's the the dungeon crawler aspect of it because i was like date your weapons what no <laughs> um and it was it was such a good game 
It was such a good game. See, I have to open my mind more and get outside of, of my usual and let myself play some other things. And because uh, Boyfriend Dungeon was was a blast. It really was. It really was. Jordan's just, that wasn't even, that wasn't even on my list, but Jordan's still in all my answers. <laughs> <laughs> I will say with that game, and they, they are very upfront about it um, at the beginning and they let players know. Um, there is a character in there that is very is a stalker mm-hmm. and that really even with the warning it still threw me off a bit and in a game where i was exploring these uh relationships and just having a good time and delving dungeons with my partners and it it, it definitely when it came up it oof, yeah yeah yeah, they they caught some flack about that at the beginning um, because a lot of people felt that the uh, content warning wasn't strong enough because it was it was pretty it was pretty startling. It was pretty startling. Um, yeah. All right, um, Victoria, what about you? Do you have another one? Can we talk about our favorite, uh, or you know, probably everybody's favorite non-binary icon? Kirby. <laughs> Confirmed Kirby. non-binary character. And I've loved Kirby since I had a Nintendo as a kid. Like Kirby is amazing. Kirby sucks things up <laughs> and swallows them and gets the powers of the things he swallows. Like what could be better than that? nothing there is no shame in kirby there's no body shame kirby wears dresses kirby wears uh suits like kirby is just an icon kirby is kirby and i loved the most recent uh kirby kirby in the forgotten worlds like because you had post-apocalyptic kirby kirby sucked up a traffic cone (laughs) (laughs) vending machines traffic cones whole cars you name it the 80s montage at the sunset across the bridge oh that was such a good game that was such a good game i'll go for that one i literally uh just ordered my first custom keycap that is kirby from the forgotten lands with an ice cap his his ice powers (laughs) you gonna have to send us pictures of all your uh custom keycaps yes i'm so excited i need a i need a keyboard that just holds custom keycaps i don't know why but i do i mean it would be nice because it's incredibly hard to make custom keycaps within the allowances of a regular keyboard mm-hmm. like even if you know even if you keep in mind it's yeah it's very hard and to find the correct combination of custom keycaps that can still press down mm-hmm. uh, is a struggle. So I agree. More space between keycaps. I keep seeing those little side ones that are meant to be just like number pads. And I'm like, yes, one of those that has like lights. I can get one of those and I can just plug it in and keep it on my desk. Not need to use it, but just be able to see it. Because a lot of them are not usable, especially if they're pretty tall, right? Um, 
and have things on top. So they're not really usable, but they're good. They're so cute. I need that in my life. So we can agree on Kirby. We could definitely agree on Kirby. Yeah, I was I was doing some research about it and in Japan it is uh firmly non-binary. Kirby participates in girl-only events and in guy-only events and boy-only events. Kirby doesn't care. Kirby is included everywhere. Kirby is a non-binary character. There we go. I'll go for that. I'll go for that. So, let's see. Um, Latest favorite. Um, and, And this is also because I've been playing a lot of a, a lot of uh not only like strategy and tactical games but also farming simulators and city builders. I've been in a very constructive mood lately rather than destructive, which is interesting. But um I uh have gone back to Wildflowers cuz they've got a big update or big ish. It's big for me. Because I have always hated the outfit that Tara in Wildflowers wears. <laughs> so they're coming up with an update later this month where um, Violet, who's the florist in town, is going to open a boutique. And you can finally, thank the gods, change Tara's clothes. But <laughs> that being said, um, I have always enjoyed that game and I'm enjoying playing it again. I started a new save because I was playing it with my class and I wanted to start it from the beginning. Um, where we've got we've got um gay char- we've got gay male characters, we've got lesbians, we've got non-binary characters, we've got all kinds of amazing characters and a good representation of queerness kind of across the board um, in Wildflowers. Um, And I think it's really uh, interesting that we get such a good, um, we get such a solid representation in what gets called a quote unquote cozy game. Cause y'all know, I I got kind of a bias toward the notion of cozy and that cozy aesthetic. Cause I find that most of the times those cozy communities Hashtag fight me are so extremely problematic and xenophobic um, and way too accepting of all kinds of trash in the name of, in the name of, of quote unquote positivity slash toxic positivity. Um, But yeah, wildflowers, because I've been playing wildflowers again. Um, and and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. Especially since I've been trying to uh, spend less time at my desk when I'm not like actively teaching or streaming. Um, so I've been playing a lot of stuff. I and I think we talked about this because um, I bought myself a I bought myself another PS5 for Christmas so that I could have a PS5 in the game room. And could they wouldn't have the excuse of, well, I want to play God of War, so I have to sit at my desk because my only PS5 is in my office. 
Um, now, no, now I can sit on the couch, but spending more time on the couch playing, um, you know, playing games that I otherwise wouldn't necessarily be able to play unless I was sitting at my desk. So things like, like Wildflowers I own on PC. So I spent a lot of time playing it, you know, on my PC at my desk, but now I can play it on my Steam Deck on the couch. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would say Wildflowers. And also Amira, Amira, Amira um, is the town doctor in Wildflowers. And uh, I, I feel the need to to uh, romance her all the time. One, because she's super cute. Um, and two, because she's like the eldest romanceable character. Um, I think she's in, I want to say she's in her late 30s, according to the bio. Um, Everybody else is so blooming young. <laughs> and I know my character playing Tara is not necessary, is not older. She's young, she's fairly young too. But I mean, we play into our characters quite a bit. So I'm still like, oh no. I can't like, I can't romance this person. They're way too young. They, they're not too young for Tara. They're way too young for me. Um, and 36 is still young when you're my age. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's better than the 20 somethings <laughs> all right jordan what about you got another one i do um this one is more narrative based in that you it's not a dating sim the player choice doesn't really have an impact on it it's just a big part of the story and you interact with these characters as you continue um, and it's definitely one, both the game and the storyline itself is a game and narrative that I think will stick with me a long time, just because I loved it so much, but also it is a very mixed emotions of feel good and sadness. Uh, and the overall game that I'm talking about is Kena Bridge of Spirits. Mm. Um, because that whole game in itself deals with helping spirits and people that have passed onto the next world or the next life. But in the meantime, you're helping them deal with unresolved goals or trauma. So the whole, whole experience, regardless of which characters or aspect of the story you're dealing with, I had to stop at every major juncture because I was crying. Um, and I was just, both feel good in the heart that you're helping and bringing the land and these characters back together and yeah. helping them acknowledge both the strengths of what they've accomplished and accepting the sorrows that have passed. It's just a very powerful game um, and a mixture of feel good and sadness because of the content that you're dealing with. Uh, and one of the character arcs that you deal with in one of the three major sections, I could see an argument for four, but one of the three major sections are two characters uh, named Adira and Hana. Um, a lot of people describe them as lesbian farmers, but they farm, they fish, they're blacksmiths, they build a lot of stuff. Um, and their storyline is just... Yeah, like I said, the rest of the, in tandem with the rest of the game, it's just something that's going to stick with me. I 
absolutely love their characters. The game is beautifully rendered and just seeing this story of two people that loved each other so much and built all these things through their love and then had certain struggles that they had to overcome. And then one thing that uh, I really struggle with uh, with death and queerness is obviously we many types of media fall into the barrier gaze trope. And I felt like this one, because of the way it deals with death and with all the characters, it really focused on not just that aspect, but bringing them back together so they, they could reunite and carry their love on and carry on what they were building. And yeah, I would recommend that game to lots of people. You just have to play it. It is definitely one to play in spurts again. I was crying a lot throughout, but oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. It's so yeah. good. That is an amazing game. I have not finished it because it is one that you will hit you in the fields and you have to, you have to put it down. You have to put it down and, and like, be like, I, I come back to this tomorrow. I can't take any more of this tonight. It's like having a buddy read for, for Babel is uh yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The, the best way is I heard someone describe it as, it's like playing a Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah, no. It, yeah. The, yeah, the rendering, exactly. It's absolutely beautiful. And then you have the little rots and you could put hats on them and dress them up. And and yeah, yeah. The rots are these little um, critters that you find along the way that you can use almost Pikmin style to uh, help you solve puzzles. Um, if yeah, it's on uh, PS5 and Steam. Um, if you uh, if you are ever looking for just like a super solid adventure game with great stories, I highly recommend that game. I don't know why that game didn't gain as much traction as I thought it would. Um, I mean. I I have my I have my I have my theories, but you know, I don't know why I didn't gain as much traction as I thought it was. I highly it can be. Uh, let's see how would I put this? It can be, it could be a little more difficult for folks who are not used to that genre of game, and maybe that's it. Um, because I've seen I've seen just like watching people stream it. Um, I had seen some folks that were, you know, that are, would, would call themselves gamers struggle with the struggle with it a little bit in terms of difficulty level. Um, I can't remember how, how much you could adjust the difficulty level for, uh, accessibility. Um, but I know that you could adjust it and turn it down, um, turn it down a bit. Um, but it's a, it's a little fast paced at times during the battle scenes anyway, or the battle sequences. Yeah, no, I loved the exploration and finding the rots, giving them hats, finding all the collectibles, the memories of the people you're helping, but yeah, the boss battles and the, some of the mid battles. Oh, that was 
Lord. I was honestly not expecting that because I went into this just like seeing the renders and the trailer, which was very narrative based. I hadn't actually seen too much of the gameplay other than the exploration and anything exploration. I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got to the battles, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> yeah, I would still suggest people try it. I wonder if there's a demo anywhere. I I loved that game. And every time I found a like a little, every time I found a little hat for a rot, I was like, gotta go back to town. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go back to the cart, gotta find the nearest one and you sign the hats. No, I was totally the same way. But yeah, even <laughs> I would highly still recommend it, even if just watching like the cutscenes or anything. Oh, I just love that game so much. Yeah, me too. It's absolutely beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, and yeah, the stories, the stories are kind of, they touch your heart. We'll put it that way. That's a good one. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. What about you, Victoria? Do you have another one? So I've been playing Crusader Kings for a very long time. Like too long, probably. But I like the evolution of... Um, how sexuality is discussed and how it's portrayed in game so in crusader kings 2 there was just a binary you had heterosexual and homosexual and homosexual they're both traits and homosexual was a trait and it came with a negative 15 um penalty 15 oh, wow. penalty to fertility and or like a never negative 20 percent it had a it had a penalty a significant penalty to a character's fertility and also came with an automatic uh negative 10 negative 15 in reputation with other characters so it's a trait and uh the game like sees it and applies that entire um perspective onto characters even though there are tons tons of writings about asexual relationships bisexual relationships lesbian relationships like representation of various styles of relationships and love are present historically and even if a king was gay and it was a very like common thing it didn't impact his fertility he still had the air like that happened Mm -hmm. that's how how history works Mm -hmm. and so ck3 so crusader kings 3 um kind of flipped it on its head and now we have um bisexual and they're no longer traits they are inherent to the character by a random number generator and at around 10 to 13 the character will get um if you play the character you see the event called like a budding attraction and Mm -hmm. you can roll for what your attraction is going to be but the characters can be asexual, they can be bisexual, they can be homosexual, and they can be heterosexual. And it's no longer seen as heterosexual being the default, which mm. is what it was in the previous games, that heterosexuality is a default. And so now we have, and there's no negative penalty. Um, and you can't, this comes into the seduction trait line, um, but you can't seduce characters who wouldn't be interested in you so if you are playing a male ruler you can't go and seduce a lesbian character and like try and be like oh 
you just haven't had a guy yet. But oh you could do gosh. that in CK2. Like you could do that in the other Crusader Kings games. Um, but now it's like that that character is not interested in you at all, and the game won't even let you try it. Mm-hmm. Like that, what was it, Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC? Oh. You, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that uh that uh, homosexuality is it is a is a debuff. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got the queer debuff. You got the queer You're no debuff. No longer fertile. Sorry. <laughs> Must clearly suck. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty interesting. It it caused it caused quite the uproar, as you can imagine, because CK3 came out like what, 2020 or 2019? Mm-hmm. Um caused quite the uproar because it was part of the marketing campaign, but prior to release, like, hey we're revamping the gender and sexuality trees and how they impact gameplay. Mm-hmm. And people are like, how dare you put queer people in my historical game? It's like when the Witcher was like, we are historically accurate. That's why there's only white people. Well, you know, Yoshi P said the same thing about Final Fantasy 16 because, you know, clearly people who want to be racist want to say that black people didn't exist in the medieval times. I guess we just spawned forth fully formed in the 1960s. There were no queer care. There were no queer people in in medieval times and there were no black people and it was just white people and they were all straight. They were all, all white people. Yeah. All cishet white people, all completely fertile and having children. There was never <laughs> there was never a case of a male ruler having a child with a female who wasn't straight. They were all completely straight. Of course they were. Don't read any of the primary documents. Don't read those. In an archaeology, they're just roommates. They were just roommates. History they're, will say they're they roommates. were roommates. History they were just really close friends. They were really, I call them both my aunts. They were just, they were roommates. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, if you were of a certain age, everybody had that aunt who brought their roommate to dinner for to holiday dinner for 20 years. And they lived together in the same house for 20 years uh, or longer, but they were just roommates yeah yeah lord of mercy Mm-mm. history will say they were roommates history will say they were roommates so i have one more on my list and this is a game that i always say when people ask me what my favorite game like of all times is Um, I generally have two that I will throw out there. I don't know if they're necessarily both still like my favorite of all times, Um, but I would say they are both very formative in the ways that I think about games on a number of levels. And they are both point and click adventure games. One is of course, LucasArts Grim Fandango. go figure and but that was because that was like the first time I had played um a game that had kind of diverse characters even though they even though they were dead um but called upon um history and culture in such a way um 
that in a in such a way that it was both positive and integral to the story right so the other one um was the longest journey um which was not because april who was the protagonist um was the character that i was most interested in the character that i was most interested in or the characters were uh, the owners of the boarding house, the border house that April lived in because they were a middle-aged lesbian couple um, who just existed in that space. They weren't sexualized. It wasn't about their romance necessarily. It was just them living their lives as a couple um, as a lesbian couple, right? Um, you had, you know, them doing their day-to-day things. They were fixing things in the house and talking to the boarders as they came and go- came and went. And like sitting around, like doing couple things, watching TV together and having like little funny interactions with each other. They were totally NPCs, but just seeing that representation of a lesbian couple in a healthy relationship, healthy relationship in a non-sexualized way, um, was just kind of groundbreaking for me. Um, and actually, I mean, I enjoyed the game. Don't get me wrong. Other than that, I love the game still. Right? It was about the balance of 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 magic and science, uh, or excuse me, magic and nature, or science and science and nature. Let's put it that way. Um, and like. Uh, there were diverse. There were diverse characters uh, who were not only diverse in terms of sexual orientation, but also in terms of race and being able to go back and forth and and uh, like learn more about people um, and their interactions with uh, um, nature and science and so on. Um, but the thing that always stuck 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 out for me most. Um, was a more healthy and realistic portrayal of lesbian relationships. Um, yeah. So it, it's the small things sometimes for me that just kind of make a game stick out for me. And that was the last one on my list. The Longest Journey. If you have a, it's the first one. There have been multiple Longest Journey. There were sequels. Um, but in my mind, none of them... Uh, None of them kind of stood up to the original, um, which I loved and have played multiple times. Yeah. What about uh, anybody else have other ones? Final ones? I don't have another one in terms of ones that I've played, but I did have like some, I guess would be the equivalent of honorable mention for what we've done for past episodes um ones that i'm looking forward to or have just started um and that's potionomics because uh, um, i've just started playing that one yeah. and i just uh yeah also really loving that game all the characters um and then i'm super excited for a few upcoming games this year romansylvania and spirit swap I mentioned Spirit Swap a few times, but I think it's coming out this year. Yeah, 
I think it's coming out this year. I'm looking forward to Romansylvania too. <clears throat> I'm looking or as well. Um, you know, I don't know what happened to me. At what point? So I, I think, and and I'm not, I've never been into romances, and I'm not into them as necessarily romances, but more in terms of looking at the relationships. Um and I enjoy them so much, the more social aspects of them. Um, and I think that the games that that handle the social aspects so well, especially in the last, I don't know, three, four, five years, have tended to be dating sims. Um, and so, yeah, Romansylvania is, you know, and you got monsters. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for that. Um, and it looks like we'll be getting uh, news about the release date soon. And I am so stoked for that. Give it to me now. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm so excited. I, I backed that on Kickstarter. Um, so I'm I'm super stoked to play it. I'm super stoked to play it. What about you, Victoria? Anything else? Are you all? I think I, I have an honorable mention and it's it's from Hollow Knight. Uh -huh. So Hollow Knight being very sad. Like Hollow Knight is a sad game and it's hard and it's just kind of depressing. Like the whole the whole aesthetic is quite depressing. Mm -hmm. Um but there are these two characters that help you buff, um, learn new skills. And one is Shao, and one is the Nailsmith, and the Nailsmith helps you, like, buff your nail up, your weapon up until its final form, so to speak. And once you do that, um, you can either fight Shao and kill him, not Shao, the Nailsmith, and kill him, or you can spare him, and he will go off and try and find happiness. And so I spared the Nailsmith. And as I was exploring, I'm like, oh, I need to go back to Shao. I have to um, learn this other new ability. And there was the nailsmith with Shao. And they were just talking on a bench. And they were super cute together. And it was very happy. And then this secret achievement like pops up. It's like the happy couple. Aww. So they get together. And it's been it's uh it's been confirmed that they are they are indeed a gay couple. The the um the developers had to confirm it on a mixer stream because people are like, well, that could be platonic. And it's like, it's not, it's a happy couple. They are adorable and happy together. Let them live. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the nailsmith goes and finds his happiness. And I was just like, this is so happy. I needed this happiness in the middle of this very sad and depressing game. Aren't you glad you didn't murder him? I am so glad. Like, why would I murder him? He helped me level up my weapon to the final form like and he's like kill me i have no other purpose in life i'm like my dude ads i'm not nope no way am i <laughs> absolutely not oh my gosh hollow knight is a game that i have wanted to play but i am terrified of i am terrified of so silk song why haven't we heard anything else about silk song it's making me scared i've been hoping for a shadow drop but I I'm was worried. I keep every time we have a Nintendo Direct, I'm like, we'll get a shadow job for Silk Song. We'll get a sad at least a at least a date. Nothing. We had that last direct, which by the way was kick ass. 
and nothing, nothing. I'm hoping that maybe when Silk Song comes out, because I've wanted to play Hollow Knight, but I'm not afraid of the difficulty of it in terms of just the difficulty, but in terms of my repetitive stress injuries and the difficulty, I'm afraid of that, that it'll murder my hands. Um, but I'm hoping that maybe we'll get some additional difficulty levels with Silk, Silk Song that'll make it more playable to people with old game damaged hands like mine. <laughs> or maybe I'll just sit and watch a playthrough. No, but I want to play it for myself. I really love those kinds of games. And I have played tons of those kinds of games like roguelikes and, and like difficult platformers in my day. Uh, but <clears throat> as I as I um, get older and do more damage to my um, and do more damage to my hands, I find that I can play them for shorter and shorter periods of time. So maybe, maybe we'll get a, we'll get, we'll get an easy mode in Silk Song when we finally get Silk Song. When we finally get it. And, and I hope there's more character, like character surprises. Cause Shao just sits up like in, in his little hut and he's a retired nail master and he just paints he's a painter and he's he's adorable he's the most formidable of the nail masters and nail sages but he's retired now and so he's just gonna paint and the nail smith goes and finds love with shao the nail master that's so sweet it is a sweet love story of bugs (laughs) (laughs) i don't mind bug love stories All right. Was that it for our for our favorites? See, it, it, it was it was supposed to be like our favorite queer characters. They all turned into pretty much love stories. They all turned into. I think they all turned. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them did. And especially Mass Effect, because Liara, again, let me say, Liara named a star after me. And anybody else who says she named a star after me too is lying. It was just me. It was just me. <laughs> I mean, that game is dealing with a lot of serious stuff, but uh, you got me at a romantic epic across the stars. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for the new Mass Effect. So I get to see Liara again. I get to see Liara every day, though, because I ordered one of the uh, the Liara statues when they they did the, like... I think they were, like, limited number of Liara statues. I I was there like click and refresh until that went live and i have one on the shelf behind me so any they get me with liara every time they'll be like here's a liara give it to me i don't i don't care (laughs) so i'm really looking forward to the next game because i'm pretty sure there will be more kind of liara collectibles because i mean how could there not be i mean she is the the thing that we see front and center for front and foremost in in the uh kind of announcement trailer so there'll be like a kick-ass liara statue uh in that amazing hooded cloak and it will stand on the shelf next to the uh mass effect uh trilogy liara statue that is on the shelf behind me because that's where she belongs that's where she belongs with me always yeah yep yep i said it i said it (laughs) 
yo, I appreciate you. This was a fun conversation. Um, I can't wait to talk more about um, other kind of social slash romantic, social interaction slash romantic relationships in video games with y'all. Hint, hint. But no spoilers. <laughs> um, so I guess um, that will bring us. Oh, wait, we got what is it? See, we have um we've got stuff we said we were gonna play together coming out soon or did we we have what do we have coming out soon we got wild hearts um coming out this week i don't know we didn't say we were playing that together but that's monster hunter ish um i know victoria don't like playing games with victoria don't like playing cooperative type games because um victoria like running off being lone wolf even though things and shooting things, even though Victoria is going to play Redfall with us. That's that yeah. is that's factual, but also the cooperative games that Victoria likes to play are the ones that end up scaring Sam. Yes, and apparently we're also going to be playing those. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have trade off. It, it is the trade. It's the trade-off. And now we also know that Jordan is going to join us for Devour. So now we only have to find a four. <laughs> it just feels like such peer pressure. I'm like, Sam, you're going to play this with me. And you're like, what? And I was like, it's going to happen. You're like, what? And I was like, I will donate to charity to make it happen. And then you're like, Jordan, you're going to play this with me. <laughs> I have an awful scream. All right, Jordan, you're in. <laughs> you are in. This is quality content. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I feel like we're all pl- we're gonna all gonna end up playing something we really don't want to play. <laughs> Jordan and I are gonna play Devour and Victoria's gonna play Redfall. <laughs> I just like that the like they're very different styles of games. <laughs> <laughs> but all in the end cooperative. All in the end cooperative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to kill my friends and watch them die. You guys want to have a cooperative game? We'll be fine. Where we we'll keep each other alive. Where we keep each other alive. <laughs> Devour does have that. Like there's like when you when you die, your your teammates can pick you up and res you with a uh with a um med pack. So it's not like phasmophobia where when you die you're dead and you can throw cups at people. Like you you're, you'll be picked up by the team. It'll be fine. It's cooperative. We're trying to keep each other alive. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that. I'm gonna We're have to watch screaming. the gameplay. <laughs> I'm scared. Jordan's like, I don't know how the hell I got roped into this. I just showed up for podcast. Now all of a sudden, people try to make me play scary games. Jordan, you, you have a, you have an out. You do not have to play if you don't want to. Don't feel guilty if you don't want to play. But- um, I'm I'm one of those. I'm just like, I always get scared by scary games. I don't actually enjoy them, but I always want to play them because I kind of enjoy them, but I don't enjoy them because I get scared and then I yell, but then I don't really want to go back and play them. It's a <laughs> it's a complex relationship, but uh, no, I am totally down for trying it. I just need to know what system and when. It's on Steam and I feel like I need to draw that like as a circle, like just leading into each other. It's one of those cyclical mm-hmm. cycles, things, circle things. 
I, you know, Jordan, it's okay. Cause I do the same thing. Like there was an opportunity for me to request a code for, or get a code for, I didn't have to request it because it's one of the creator networks that I'm in and they were giving out codes to the creators in the network um, for dead space. And I was like, I don't like those kinds of games where you have to like hide from stuff or you got to like be stealthy and you're like super tense all the time because 30 minutes in my chest starts hurting because my anxiety is so high. But at the same time, I was like, I kind of want to play that. (laughs) So I completely understand. And it's not like heart pain. It's just like, you just, I'm like holding my breath for so long and my body is so tense that all my muscles start to hurt. Um, so I completely understand because, and, and, and then if you get me a really good one, like I played one called my toy once it was about a kind of a demon possessed teddy bear that was calling up other demons and we were locked in a bathroom and shit was coming up out of the the, like demons were coming out of the toilets in the locked bathroom stalls and rattling the doors and then you would look out the window and something would jump at you and it was just so horrible between the stuff at the window the the teddy bear with murder on the mind outside the bathroom the stuff in the bathroom stalls rattling the doors I just got so overwhelmed and I was streaming it. I just got so overwhelmed. I started to cry. I didn't know what else to do. (laughs) I didn't know what else to do. So my answer is cry. Yeah. So, so why I even think for a minute that I want to play these kinds of games? I don't know. I don't know. But I do it to myself all the time. Well, not all the time, but you know, like Dead Space. Dead Space would also probably be another one that would make me cry. And I'm pretty sure Devour is going to make me poop my pants, but that's okay. It's for charity. It's for charity. <laughs> I know people are listening going, what is wrong with her? <laughs> the things I do for charity. all right y'all thank you so much for a fun conversation i appreciate y'all um so that's going to bring us to the end of episode 241 so until next time when we get to talk about more fun stuff with episode 242 let me say because um, my house feels like it's about to blow off the foundation right now. I don't know if it's that windy for you, Victoria. But let me say, um, stay warm, stay dry, stay grounded. <laughs> and as always, my friends, game on. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.